Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. So if you're just joining us, then... On the last podcast, Mel was telling us her sordid and tragic story about Scott's death. And um, when we finished, she had told us how they had met about their first date, kind of um, what the beginning of their marriage was like, and about the surgery that Scott was having, and then also her uncle and him getting suddenly sick and then dying. And we ended with Mel getting a text saying, Mel, I'm so sorry, Scott didn't make it. So now we can pick up and hear the rest of the story. Okay. First of all, did you think it was a joke? Yeah, I didn't understand what was happening because you, you go into shock. Okay, it really just said Scott died? I can't remember what it said. It said something like, Mel, I'm so sorry, Scott didn't make it. I'm pulling faces right now. She is. So the text was from Scott's brother. And the story with Scott's family is all of the siblings live in Utah. The parents live in Boise. But two of the siblings that are married with kids were up there visiting while Scott was up there. They were going to a, an open house thing up there. So they were all together. Except Brad 
the one that's not married. That did her makeup earlier. That did my makeup earlier for the photo shoot and is an amazing photographer. He was in Utah. So oh I gosh. get the this text from Scott's brother, from one of Scott's brother's but not on his phone, on the other brother's phone. It was all confusing. Yeah, I'm confused. So All I, that matters is that they texted you. They texted me. That's all me. they care about. Yeah. So I go to turn my phone off of, like, make it work, take it off yeah. airplane mode. And then I'm just calling. Yeah. And they wouldn't answer. Like, calling, uh... calling, calling. And then he answered. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. Like, my stomach is just, like, sinking for you in that moment like trying to get through not being sure what they're saying and just like like what are they talking about and needing to know and not being able to get the information like quickly yeah and i'm going from watching stranger things which yeah. is great to what to, what are you talking about it wasn't yeah. real and it made no sense so finally i got through to them and the brother that texted me said scott's gone i'm so sorry we tried and we couldn't help him like what are you talking about yeah and the thing that i was noticing at the time is my reaction was so not how you would think it would be in the movies in the movies you're supposed to fall to the floor screaming yes and i wasn't yeah also every true crime thing ever when somebody has planned the death mm-hmm. they overreact and they're right. screaming yeah and so yeah so he's telling me this information and and i'm like no go check again he goes he wasn't breathing we couldn't get him breathing again i go, go check again i just and he kept repeating the same things and yeah. i kept repeating the same yeah. things for like four times yeah and then finally he's like mel i'm i'm outside of my parents house i'm laying on the ground exhausted and i just watched them wheel his body into the ambulance and drive away uh, and that's when i it clicked it sort was, of uh-huh so then i'm thinking you're just in the shock zone like you you don't re- react emotionally you never know how you're going to react emotionally like yeah. maybe somebody would fall to the ground but maybe someone I didn't like either. me i just was like huh what do i do now what do we do what now what do we do now <laughs> But you didn't think of that yet because no, we because, just barely thought well, of that. Well, and also tagline. I'm not even there physically and so it didn't yeah. seem real. I didn't oh, see it. Oh, yeah. I'm just in my room watching Stranger Things. My uncle had just died. I'm planning on going up and seeing Scott Friday after my uncle's funeral. So it was not computing. And I didn't even know how to end the phone call. I just said, okay, I guess I'll talk to you later. Ugh. Bye. What would you do? I don't know. I mean, and... He probably doesn't remember either because he was, he found him. Right. So basically what happened, his family went to the open house, left Scott there at home because he was sleeping really peacefully. Yeah. He was breathing. His mom was, had checked on him really, really meticulously. Like he was being really well taken care of. And they thought we're not going to wake him up because he yeah. finally looks like he's feeling okay. Cause Sunday was a really rough day. They came back and he just his mom said he looked ruddy and not good mm-mm. and i don't know all the full details but i just know that like, yeah. they looked in and were like they're like something's, something's not wrong. right scott's brothers uh they mm-hmm. said this independently that when they walked in the room they heard him say 
they knew he was dead. What? And then they heard, they felt like they heard him say, it's okay, I'm okay. Oh, man. Like one of those things, but independently. Yeah. And then later after, they shared stories and it was identical. But they went in um, and they go, it was the weirdest thing knowing that he was dead and that he wasn't going to come back, but doing CPR because they're like, well, we still we have, have to, to try. That, yeah, like for sure. Then we're like jerks. Okay. <laughs> they they said now. Okay, for anyone listening of our six listeners, if you get squeamish talking about death, death and like the body part, fast forward thirty seconds. Okay, here we go. They they said that his body had started stiffening oh, and going okay. into the rigor mortis. Rigor mortis? Yeah. So how long does it take for that to happen after death? Ooh. Well, it depends on what you mean by like, like true rigor mortis. Just beginnings. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I think it's like 30 minutes. Oh, it's that soon. But I don't know. We, could we might Google have to Google it. it. <laughs> yeah. You Google that while I continue. Okay. Googling. Okay. So. And then we'll be on like some sort of watch list though when we need to find out how long it takes for rigor mortis to set in. You know what? <laughs> You're already. I'm already going to be yeah. there because I Google all the stuff. So you ended your phone call. I've ended my phone call. You don't know what to do now. No. Like you are in. This is like very uncharted territory. Yes. Like, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. And I lived freaking clear the crap out. I did want to say. I know they did 600 compressions. Is that a lot? That seems for, like a lot. Yeah. That's how much his family did. Yes. Before okay. the before the EMTs arrived. Yeah. Now, fast forward to I'm in Utah. I get this information. I didn't know what to do. I was in shock. It didn't seem real to me. All I knew was I was supposed to be going on a run. And I just got this phone call. So I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I think it's just normal. Normal when you're in shock about news like this. I just thought, well, he's in Idaho. He's dead. Um, I can't do anything about it. I can't even call him and talk to him. It's not going to do me any good to drive up there. So should I go on my run? And then I thought, no, I know I'm not going to be okay pretty soon. It was this really interesting inner dialogue. Did you feel like you were like, you were like separated from yourself? Yes. 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 Like this situation is happening over here. Yeah. And here I am over here. And I didn't feel like, okay, I got this news. And now I feel like my heart's been stabbed. I did, I felt the same. Yeah. Just confused. Yeah. And then I felt like, is something wrong with me? Am I a sociopath? Because yes. I'm not reacting. The way that you're supposed to, air quotes, supposed yes. to. Mm-hmm. So I just started, I was like, well, I know I probably should not go on a run because I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be okay very soon. Yeah. So I think I'll call my dad and tell him. So I called my dad. And then as soon as I started calling, I didn't get hysterical, really, but I was yelling. Oh. Not crying. I go, yeah. Dad, Scott died. And he's like, what? Scott died. What? I go, what do I do? He's like, get in the car and drive here. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be okay. Yeah, you get in the car and drive here. Yeah. Okay. So, Oh, man. Uh, click. So then I called my mom. Well, guess where my mom was? At the funeral home with my uncle and my aunts and my cousins. Oh, man. And I knew that this was going to be so awful for her, especially because she had the premonition that he needed to be watched or that something was not going to be okay. She just Hmm. always had the bad feeling. And I felt felt bad that I called. Sorry, Mom. I felt bad that when I called her, I was like just blurting it out. But I did. I go, Mom, Scott died. 
I think it's what? crazy that you were just yelling at people. I just yelled. Yeah. And my mom said she fell to the floor. She was by my cousins and they caught her. So she did what you're supposed to do. She did what you're supposed movies. to do. She's a better person than me. Because- I know that I'm the terrible person in my neighborhood and there's a reason why. <laughs> Your sister is not off. <laughs> She has every reason to believe that I am terrible. And then I just called. I just kept calling people, calling people, calling people. After that, I called. um, I didn't. I knew I needed to contact some of Scott's theater friends he was really close with. Yeah. And I didn't know which one to call. There were two I was going back and forth between. Uh. And I didn't know what to do. And I feel feel like, I don't know if it was Scott. I think it was Scott. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like Scott was telling me which one to call and he yeah. said call holly reed so i called holly and, and her reaction was like it was great it was full of expletives yeah and i'm like i'm not kidding she's like if you're kidding you need to tell me right now because this is this not, is not funny. funny and you're like yeah i know i'm like i'm so sorry i i'm not i'm not kidding and it was interesting depending on who i called i and their reaction i was stronger if they were emotional oh yeah and if they were not emotional I started becoming emotional yeah. maybe to kind of – I didn't know why. So mm. I called a bunch of people, like 20 yeah. people, and yeah. within an hour, I had a whole musician section around everybody. my bed. Yeah. I'm like, this sucks that it's for a death because we would have a great jam session right now <laughs> if we were all here together for a different, for a different reason. reason. And the thing that's really sad is like – most of them were at my wedding and played at my wedding and i'm like really this is like poetically tragic so uh so when did you go up there did you go up there? i never went up there oh they you just had him come down yes yeah yeah because they had to do the i don't know the the funeral home they had to do the autopsy in that state okay because i think died yeah and then they shipped his body down here so i had to pay for like two Oh, funeral, funeral homes. homes doing things which could know. be a topic unto itself it could i also want to say scott did not have life insurance <laughs> which i'm going to repeatedly say probably every single episode so if you this is where we insert our life insurance commercial yes anybody that wants to be promoted that's life insurance right tell now. us we're gonna put you in you can pay us or give us life insurance <laughs> Because we are poor widows. <laughs> Scott did not have life insurance. Please get life insurance. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to pay for your funeral and Ugh. anything after that. Did they do a GoFundMe for you? They did. Okay. Which was really, really helpful. Um, yeah. GoFundMe takes a percentage, so yeah. it would have been helpful to have all of it, but it did. So, okay. So you don't even... I don't know what's happening. I I just called people. They came over um, and... And then it ensued. Everybody kept coming over to my house all day. And normally yeah, I would hate that. But you liked it? It was the best thing in the world ever. My house, it was really interesting. I felt like my house was really full of light. And there were parts of it where I felt like really a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. And then the roller coaster of being sad, but always I felt supported and yeah. lifted up. Yeah, It didn't feel raw hopeless raw uh-huh. at that time right and it was a terrible day but i couldn't have asked for it to gone, have gone any better with all the people that came and yeah, just the support. support i got a million texts 
Yeah. I never even got back to writing back to all of them, which I, I still feel write, bad. Like, any of them. Really? No, okay. I didn't respond to really anybody. Um, it, I just felt so supported and also confused. And it didn't feel real because, yeah. again, I wasn't there with Scott. Okay. I didn't see him die. Well, the thing that I remember being super weird is my dad came in and it, and first thing started talking about funeral. I'm like, what? Mm, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, this cannot happen. Like, I need a month. Like, go away. <laughs> yeah. One thing that was funny about my brain is that, the, I mean, when your grandma dies or something, say you're say you're close to your grandma and she's yeah. not 98 that, and ready to <laughs> die, but um, you're sad, you're sad, but you still go to work. You don't have to take a week off, yeah. a whole week. Yeah. So I thought the only thing I knew was, well, when someone dies, you take a week off of work. So I just thought, I'll take a week off. I think okay. You're going down the checklist of what you have to take care of before you deal with all this stuff. And I just thought, okay, I'll have to call my students and cancel them. I'll just tell them I'll be back in a week. So my friends, my musician friends that come over, they go, Mel, how can we help? We're going to give us your phone. Yeah. Give us these numbers. Oh, we're going to take that is helpful. your student. They're yeah. so great. They go, we're going to call your students and tell them what happened. Um, and I'm like, okay, good. Tell them like, I'll be back in like a week. And they looked at me like, no, no, silly girl. They're like, okay, wink, we'll tell them that. And then they canceled him. So I had a lot of help dealing with with that stuff. Um, people were helping me plan the funeral. Scott's family had then come down from Idaho. How long did it take for him to get back? A long time. It did? I want to say like four days. Okay. I thought that was long. Well, yeah. I mean, when you're waiting for somebody, yeah, that's long. Especially to like really confirm to yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's not real until you see them. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. It's so. I don't know if it was like this for you, but I just had all the life sucked out of my body. I couldn't walk very well. And I. Like right after or in the days after? Both. Oh, okay. It's like the strength went away from my legs and they just stopped working. No. That did not happen to you were, me. It's because you're so in shape. No. You guys should have seen Anita at her. <laughs> at, my, at the, at the viewing. viewing. Ow, ow. I know. It just depleted me. Yeah. Um, and it's really strange to talk about it. I've written about it, which is easier to write about it because yeah. my thoughts come more easily with writing. But yeah, I felt really confused. Now, even though the first day was terrible, but also amazing with all the people there... I, I I felt Scott there too. I felt like he was really happy, even though I know when you're dead. Like I read, I've read a lot of near death experience books right. before Scott died. Yeah, like I was a weirdo. Okay, mm-hmm. unsolved mysteries, near death experiences, and the Dick Van Dyke Show. That's my jam, right? <laughs> but um, so I mean, I, according to those accounts, I was familiar with what some people have said their experiences yeah. where they feel joy and are happy. And I felt like Scott was happy. Yeah. And not like that concerned he... for you. Yeah. But not like in pain or suffering yeah, he's or not... like upset. Yeah. He's not himself. Been... Yes. Yeah. He's not tortured. Yeah. I knew that I, he had to have felt better. I mean, my gosh, he looked like he had gotten beat up and yeah. he felt terrible. So I felt Scott around me as light and I kind of just felt, I just felt insulated mm-hmm. from a lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay. 
I was already on like drugs from my car accident to sleep. Okay. I was going to ask you specifically about sleeping. Yes. Um, And my friend, Sarah, who had lost a baby earlier that year, she showed up that day and she gave me Z-Quil and she's, and she's like, I know today's crazy. I know there's going to be a lot of people here. So I'm just here to give you this. Here's the Z-Quil. Yeah. And this helped me just take it. Yeah. And sleep. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Did it work? Sarah. Totally. Yeah. I did. I, I took that for a while and, and I actually didn't have terrible night's sleep since Scott died. Oh, really? Which I feel like I've been an anomaly in that category. Are you a good sleeper before? No. That's such a like mom thing to ask. Are you a good sleeper? (laughs) Who knows? Through the night? How many sleep, how many hours do you sleep between feedings? (laughs) Well, I get up to eat my lucky charms every 3.5 hours. I actually did not sleep well because I had a lot of anxiety before before he and then died. You slept better after. Yes, mm, that's interesting. That yeah. First night I yeah. fell asleep. Yeah. Thanks to Zequil. Thank you, Sarah, again. And when I woke up the next day, that was the worst feeling yeah. ever. It was the first day that I had woken up knowing that he was gone. Yeah. The day before, when I woke up, I'm like, oh, Scott's probably just sleeping. Right. So you woke up. I always say that like every morning I had to reacquaint myself with reality and it was like getting punched in the face every single morning. Like you wake up and you're like, oh, like a more horrifying version of 50 first dates. Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff, and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But the Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff... There is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Yeah, or Groundhog's Day. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like every single day you wake up and you're like, oh. And you're kind of feeling okay, like yeah, I'm coming out you're of asleep. sleep. And then it's gut punch and heart yeah. punch and... Oh, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. So hard. So hard. Now, we were not only planning my uncle's funeral, we were planning Scott's funeral. Did you even care about your uncle's funeral anymore? I forgot about it. Yeah. But then I knew, crap, my aunt and my cousins are grieving. I need to check on them. Oh. And so I I did consciously want not want to that to take over their yeah. loss because even though it was shocking and my uncle... You know, we didn't know he was going to die. Scott dying at 39 is more shocking. I didn't want to hijack their grief. Oh, yeah. But it also was so consuming that I just felt so wonky in the head. I don't even know. So, yeah, we had a funeral for my uncle Friday and Scott's on Saturday. And I believe after my uncle's funeral, I had to go over to the mortuary to see Scott. So you went to your uncle's funeral? I did. Oh, wow. I I wore like a pajama dress to that <laughs> and nobody bugged me about it. Yeah. 
And I was supposed to play the piano, for, like, a company at it. Uh-huh. And they told me, they go, hey, if you're not up to it, it's okay. Like, one of us can do it. And and I was planning on doing it. And when I got there, I just was still so yeah. weak. I couldn't even move my arms. Yeah. I just was like. You're like a blob. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really do much to help. Yeah. Um, but I do remember at my uncle's funeral, after the funeral, when they feed you, mm-hmm. that was the first time I had been able to eat anything uh, and it, i think i had some p- mashed potatoes but oh gosh i had kind of forgotten about that yeah not being able to eat yeah you're just you're so sick to your stomach well and, and like it just nothing, shuts off nothing nothing you want nothing Mm-mm. yeah i couldn't even eat like pizza or cookies or the things or that easy people things. like yeah like when you stress eat i couldn't eat anything i yeah. couldn't put anything in my stomach I lived on Kiva juices for like six days or something. It was the only thing I could. They're like smoothies. It's the only thing that I could even make myself. Because people would be like, here, eat this. And I was like, I cannot eat that. Yeah. You cannot make me eat that. It can't go. Your body won't But I can drink it. this Kiva juice. Yeah. So. I I think I had broth. And that's all I oh my could gosh. even yeah. get in. And even when it was broth, it was like couple tablespoons yeah it was hard it's a great diet plan it is lose some weight have a husband die yeah or you could just be healthy or you could just exercise healthy and exercise but mm, whatever yeah i think i got my timeline wrong we dressed scott's body after my uncle's funeral but the day before is when i went over and the mortuary had received his body from idaho and that's when i was able to see him okay so and that's when you go pick out the casket Mm -hmm. and all that stuff Oh, man. So I go there with Scott's parents and with my parents, and it's so awful. And I didn't know what to expect. Um, The only other time I'd been around a dead body in the mortuary, not dressed yet, was a child. Oh, Um, Oh, because this was your... Yeah. Well, no, that one. That's a different one. I have a couple of children that I've been close to that have died. I know. So... Um, and in that situation, it was very traumatic to watch the family of the child yeah. see it. And it was like something straight out of CSI, metal table, cold, oh. fluorescent lights. Oh. So I was expecting that. And I and I thought, well, I'm not really emotional as a I'm not a reactor that way. Um, but maybe I will like go up to the body and flop over it and sob and wail because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. And I remember walking in, and the the mortuary where we went, um, they're so great. They just do things the right way. Their rooms are cushy and like yeah, carpeted, and the lighting is nice and beautiful, and it's very calm and peaceful. And so I was extra grateful that it was not just metal metal yeah. slab, but like clinical. Yeah. So we all walked in, and there's Scott at the far end of the room on the table, and as soon as I saw his body. I had this feeling, it was so weird because I was so happy to see him. But then at the same time, I felt like, well, that's not Scott. Scott's been around me this whole time. It's really weird looking at the body. Had they embalmed him in Idaho? Yes. Yeah, okay, that makes sense because otherwise. My my dad and his dad were so not okay that they had to leave the room. It was too hard for them. Yeah. And my mom and Scott's mom... And we stayed in there, and it was they were crying. And for some reason, for me, seeing his body just helped me feel a better. lot better. Uh, and I was like, 
oh, look at his scar. Because they did the autopsy. So he had this sweet scar on did the top of hair? his head. He had hair. And but you could see it. But it was shaved on the sides. He had just right. gotten a haircut. Yeah. He looked awesome. Minus black eyes and stuff like yeah. that. But he, his hair looked amazing. He had great hair. And, <laughs> and Brianna gave him a great haircut. Witch cousins. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag witch cousins. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so she gave him a haircut before he died. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. I, like a couple days before. Yeah. He di- okay. Before, before he went, he went up to Idaho. Oh, got yeah. it. Got it. It was helpful for me to ask questions mm-hmm. to the mortician, and I and that helped me process it and and just kind of grasp. Was it. he an organ donor? I don't no. think so. No, you oh. would know. I would know. Yes, because okay. it's like a terrible phone call that you have to have. Oh yeah. He okay. Then he must not have been. Yeah. Then we had to pick a casket, and I remember being in the casket room thinking, "What in the world?" Who, they don't care. They're dead. What? How am I supposed to like? What? They're so expensive. They're expensive, and they're all geared towards old women. I know, and like old men. But did you get him get him the mauve one, the mauve? I wanted to. Should have. I wanted to get him the ugliest, tackiest one. <sighs> Just was the one for with the eagle insert. Yes, I love that you could get little figurines uh, okay. of wolves. <laughs> I know. I know. We have this thing about wolves. So, you know, Scott baked and made amazing cakes. Fabulous cakes, gourmet cakes, designer cakes. I asked for a wolf cake for my birthday. He said no. Not only did he say no, but he said, over my dead body. Oh, no. We have a text. Oh, my God. He said that. And I was just like, I'm getting a wolf. Did you put the wolves in his casket? No. No, because they were probably like $800 per wolf. Yep. But you know what I did? What? I had my friend Jeanette that was in on the wolf cake joke. Yeah. I had her make a a photocopy and laminate it Uh of the wolf cake we wanted. Oh. And And on the back, back I wrote, you owe me a wolf cake. And then (laughs) I put it in his hand before we closed the casket. (laughs) I'm sure someone is horrified right now listening to this. But whatever. I mean, if you're listening to a widow podcast, you have to kind of expect that. Right? So what did his casket look? Was it wood? It looked good. It was wood. But it wasn't ugly. It was It was really nice. Yeah. It was wood. And I chose to do a closed casket because he was... Looked like he'd gotten punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And they did make him look really great with the makeup and stuff. But I just... I knew he didn't want it open. So I Mm. kept it shut. And... Interesting. We had the funeral at the theater. I call it his 2 p.m. matinee because it was at 2 (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. Because we couldn't get the theater in the morning. Because it was being used as a theater, right? Yeah. They had, like, rehearsals and stuff. stuff going on. Yeah. And oh, it man. just happened to be the only week that there was not something at night oh, there. So he died at the right time. Yeah. Well, that was nice it was of him. Great funeral. Um, they played one of your I arrangements, right? It. You did. Yeah. I didn't know you talked at it. I knew that you had I talked arranged a song, or like you had arranged a song in the past that they used for it, right? Yes. You didn't arrange it for the funeral. Correct. Right. Yeah. And I wanted his nieces and nephews to be involved somehow, but I didn't want to have it be too scary for them and so they what we did is we had his brothers record them like interview style and then they made a video and they played the video at the funeral and i felt like that was good for everyone it didn't ruin it didn't they didn't have to get up and Mm -hmm. worry about what do i do if i'm crying and um but they were a big part of his life so it was important and his one brother talked and 
there was a really cool feeling there. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not explaining it very well, but it's, it's how do you not, maybe not words for it? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a beautiful funeral. And I feel like that Scott was impressed. I just felt like we had to put on this show and yeah. I was like, this is dumb. Like, Scott. We're casting this Mel is, yeah, Shore like, as speaker. This is a big joke. I'm a jazz musician. I deal with improv on the fly. You're making me plan stuff <laughs> coherently. <laughs> so yeah. His friends put together a great musical number, and I liked that the funeral was not too churchy. I didn't want it to be all churchy. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be... Have a nice mix. Yeah. I mean, he has cross-section of friends that are of all walks of life and yeah. all phases of life and all beliefs and all lifestyles and so i just wanted it to be workable for everybody and it was very nice of you that yeah, was considerate of you i didn't want it to i know you hate this word i didn't want it to trigger anybody <laughs> either way yeah. and i felt like we accomplished that Don't you feel like a funeral inherently though is going to be triggering totally i decided to speak because i didn't feel like i could play mm. i always do music at funerals but it's it was too much i yeah. and honestly i didn't feel any connection to music as soon as he died i'm like i'm done playing forever yeah. i'm done i can't Ooh. i just was it was it shut you it shuts you down well, of course after the funeral they bury him mm-hmm. and i asked if we could stay and watch the casket be lowered down oh. not just like lowered down but like like covered for up real you wanted to see him get buried yes because i felt like i was responsible for Making sure that was all taken care of. And um, it kind of felt like, you know, when you back out of your driveway and you have to see the garage door close? Uh Uh-huh. All the way. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if they were like, "Uh, now we have to be careful. Well, the thing about him having a funeral that was at 2 o'clock is that they have to get the, like, I think there was a certain time they had to get the casket to the cemetery be like they had a time it was a tight time crunch oh yeah for the workers to come and bury him um because the, the backhoes come and do it and it actually was really cool and helpful for the kids the oh, little really? kids yeah because it, it removed the mystery yes it and was then like they're like very... cool dump truck ah. <laughs> so for me i just wanted it i was so worried about everybody else and me handling things the right way so that there were no issues with family yeah. because you know it's things like funerals and how you handle stuff can really cause grief like extra grief and yeah. problems and bad feelings and I just wanted to avoid all of that yeah so I feel like I did my best to make that okay for everyone and I think sometimes I I started feeling guilty if I made anything about me mm. yeah Whatever. Like, I didn't want me, you. when I talked at the funeral, I didn't want it to be about me, and I didn't want it to be like, oh, Mel's making this death about her, because I didn't know how people were going to react, <laughs> even though I I know, like, because I told you that, and you were like, yeah, but it is about you, because you're the one left. Yeah. And, and it's true, and and I think in the initial stages, I really felt like, let me, I have to check on everybody else, and then as... Like the funeral ended and then the weeks go by and you have less and less support. It's totally about me because I didn't have help. Yeah. It was really difficult. And and then I started feeling upset. Like, man, 
I feel like I gave so much and was helping, trying to make sure everyone was okay. But and now here I am and a month you. later and I feel abandoned. Yeah. I think that's pretty normal. So, yeah, it's from some of those groups we're on on Facebook, the widow yeah. groups, like yeah. super common. Yeah. Not that it's well, okay. People but... go back to their lives, yeah. right? And if you're not right in their face, they just don't remember. Yeah. You. And they have to go back to their lives. They do. Like... I mean, you can't fault them. You do. You're yeah. still mad at them. Yeah. But it but is it's frustrating. Like... How dare you go take care of your children instead of so me? So <laughs> I, to our six listeners, I wonder if they have any more questions. Yeah. I think that they should send them to us somehow. Yeah. We have how. an Instagram and Anita runs it. Yeah. It's Widow We Do Now. Because I am doing the editing. <laughs> That's my big job. Yeah. You get to do the social media. So if you have questions or things that um, we didn't answer or Mel didn't answer, you should send them our way. Yeah. Because also... As widows that have gone through sudden death, that means our brains are not always functioning correctly. Yeah. So I know, f- at least for me, because that's happening, plus my brain is crazy as a musician. <laughs> plus I'm just a crazy person. I'm just a crazy person. I leave out details and I forget stuff. So yeah. if there are any questions you have, ask me. I'm very open. Yeah. Obviously, that's the whole reason we're doing the podcast too, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk next time about Anita's story. Right. You'll get the sordid details from Jason's death. Yeah. And we can compare notes. Compare and contrast. Compare and contrast. Yeah. Yeah. What are your plans for this week? So this week, I swear, half of my life right now is taking my kids to counseling. Right? Do they all have separate appointments? Yes. Oof. They do. So. At separate times and separate days. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and then I'm doing counseling too. But mine coincides with my daughter's. So at least I'm only going there three times a week. And then um, that's really, I feel like, and then I just got to get, I just got to get a run or a swim or a bike in every day. That's like what I'm most concerned about in my life. It's the, those are important things. It is. It's a little bit weird. Are you though. going running tomorrow? Um, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Are you prepping for another try? Yeah, I'm prepping for a huge race in October in Maui. Oh, yes. Yes, an off-road triathlon. So, yeah, that's keeping me sane, actually. But, and then I just have to go to, like, work. I don't even know what else. What are you doing? Do you have any cool gigs? Yeah, actually, I am going to Napa, California. (gasps) That's right. I remember I'm playing that a couple gigs out there. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. And other than that, kind mm. of normal stuff, teaching. Yeah. I need to write music for this podcast. Oh, yeah. Which is going to sound ho- hilarious that I say this now because I'm going to have created it, but put it on the first podcast. Right. So it's irrelevant. Right. And I got to edit this podcast. I'm having a lot of fun learning Stop. The ins and outs of my programs. I mean, I'm so glad it's you and not me because it wouldn't happen if it was me. It's so <laughs> similar to to music editing. It's yeah. easier, actually. I don't do any of that, so I'm super stoked that there's something I can do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Well. Thanks for joining us as we try to figure out what do we, we do, do now. now?
This is my favorite thing to discuss with you. Tell me, what well, is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks, and so you don't have to pay extra for that, and you still get great service. Yep, Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not, who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So if somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.